Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports, and from business to history, and everything in between, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. This next story comes from a listener, and on June 14, 1777, Congress passed an act establishing a flag for our then-new nation. Since then, our American flag has been carried into countless battlefields, flown above the rubble of the World Trade Center after September 11th, and placed upon the moon. But it also takes a more personal role for so many of us. Today, Joy Neal Kidney, a regular contributor and listener on WHO in Des Moines, tells her story of why the flag means so much to her and her family. Here's Monty Montgomery with the story. It's easy for us to forget the meaning of things constantly around us. If you drive through Washington, D.C. over a summer, seeing the Pentagon, Jefferson Memorial, Capitol Building, and Washington Monument begins to just seem like a part of everyday life. They're just there, and the splendor adorning them simply vanishes in the midst of a busy rush hour commute to Arlington where our national heroes are buried. 
Adorning their graves is another symbol of our great country that we can often forget the importance of to so many people. The American flag. Joy Neal Kidney's family is a group of some of those people who don't forget its meaning, though. Here's Joy, author of Leora's Letters, with more on what the flag of our nation means to her and her family. The American flag was precious to my grandmother, who often wore a small, sparkly, red, white, and blue flag-shaped pin. In one of my favorite pictures of her, she's standing below a flag and grinning. Back in 1890, when Leora Goff was born in Guthrie County, Iowa, the new states of Idaho and Wyoming had just been added to the Union, making 44 stars in the flag. She was five years old when Utah became a state, adding the 45th star. That was the same year her father went bankrupt in Nebraska's drought. Leora was nearly 17 when Oklahoma was admitted to the Union. 46 stars. They lived in rural Audubon County then, and she rode a horse to the county seat town to take piano lessons. She helped her dad with his popcorn crop and her mother with 10 younger siblings. The 48-star flag came about when New Mexico and Arizona became states right before the Titanic sank in 1912. Leora was 21 then, living in Wichita, Iowa, not yet married. It was that familiar 48-star flag for the next 33 years, through Leora's marriage to Clay Wilson, the Great War, the births of their 10 children, the loss of three as infants, and through World War II, when they lost three sons. Leora regularly displayed the flag outside her little house in Guthrie Center, where she lived out her last decades Her family had sacrificed so much for that emblem of the nation. When Japan officially surrendered at the end of World War II, two sons were missing in action, Dale in New Guinea and Danny in Europe. Their youngest son was killed in training at the end of the war. A folded American flag was presented to Clay and Leora by Junior's Army Air Force friend and fellow pilot, Ralph Woods at the funeral. The war was over. The Wilsons' two surviving sons had served in the Navy. Delbert and his family moved home to be with his folks. Dale Wilson has never been found. They eventually learned that son Danny's grave had been located in Austria and that he had been killed in action the day he was listed as missing. Months later, a carton of Danny Wilson's possessions from his base in Italy arrived at the Wilson acreage south of Perry, sent from the Army Effects Bureau of the Kansas City Quartermaster Depot. Clabe signed for the carton. I suppose they opened it. But did they sort through their son's 18 pairs of socks, five cotton undershirts, three khaki trousers and other clothing. If they had, they would have found Danny's wristwatch, souvenirs of his R&R to Rome over Christmas 1944, a fountain pen, and other items, including a small New Testament. The war was over, but life just plodded on and on with daily chores to keep them busy. According to Leora's diary, she churned butter every week. Two cows had calves. Clabe helped a neighbor with field work. At some point, maybe they thumbed through Danny's small New Testament. They would have found the page with the American flag on it. Under that flag is an arrow drawn in ink, and these words, 
in his usual bold handwriting with his signature. I give everything for the country it stands for. If this brings tears to my eyes these many decades later, how did my grandparents deal with it? It's no wonder the American flag was so precious to my grandmother. And a special thanks to Joy Neal Kidney for sharing her story, her mother's story, her grandmother's story, the family story, and in the end, the American story, because that's what the American flag represents, all of our stories. Joy Neal Kidney's story, her family's story, the American flag story, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we return to Our American Stories. Up next, the beautiful legacy of Laura Trependall, a young lady whose life was cut tragically short and the resulting story of grace and forgiveness offered by her family. Here's Madison. The best way to find out who a person truly is is to hear it straight from their family. Let's hear from David and Rob, the father and brother of Laura Trependall. Laura was definitely the first child. She kind of dominated the other children, right, Rob? She was a little bossy, you know? She played her role well of being the oldest child. She followed the rules, and she definitely made sure that we followed the rules. Yeah. One summer, Laura went up to visit with her grandmother, my mother, Jean Mama. And after several days together, my mother got frustrated with Laura, and she sat her down to teach her a lesson. And she says, Laura, you have a very bad habit for a child, and that is you correct people. And particularly what's bothersome is that you correct adults. You should never correct adults. And Laura looked at her, serious as she could be, and she says, Gee, Mama, it's adults. Not adults. <laughs> My mother just fell out laughing. She just left her alone after that. Classic oldest child. Yeah. Catherine was born 17 months later. And then three years later, you came. Uh-huh. Three years later, Sophie came. And Laura was just the coolest, most delightful, interesting, funny child. She had this ability to just be completely present with people so that when she was talking to you nobody else mattered she made you feel important it kind of created a problem with guys because they would all think she was in love with them she would do this thing where she would hold your hand with both of hers it was just all in deeply deeply into your eyes it's like how do you resist that (laughs) she actually was just a really good friend (laughs) laura was the first of her siblings to move out for college One night, she was hanging out with friends in her new town of Oxford, Mississippi. That same night, another student was with friends. They were drinking at a bar. It was a Thursday night, February 6th. She was hanging out with friends, having some community. It was very close to the bar. It was like a few hundred yards. And then she headed home sometime around 11. You know, they closed the bar. They were in there just plying these kids as much alcohol as they could. And they said, okay, Everybody out. They sent everybody out. Greg Gibbs was underage. Most of the guys that were Greg and eight friends, here they are at a bar. They're 19 years old. 19, 20 years old. They're underage. And Greg says, he says, hey, I'm too drunk to drive. Can anybody else drive? And they all said, we're too drunk to drive, too. Nobody volunteered to be the designated driver. And so... 
So Greg says, okay, it's not very far. Let's, let's go. We get a call at 11.30 or so at night from Dallas, who was Laura's boyfriend that was almost her fiance. He, he was a paramedic. And so Dallas says, Laura has been in a terrible wreck. And she's been taken to the Baptist Hospital. And I'll tell you whatever I know when I find it out. And so, so we go through an hour and a half of this incredible agony. And then we get the next phone call. And it's Dallas, and then he hands it to the doctor. And the doctor says, she's gone. Within 30 minutes after that phone call, my first cousin, Wellen, and his wife, and the Episcopal minister were knocking on our door. They just, you know, they just showed up. There's something to be said for just showing up. Although Laura attended college in Mississippi, her funeral was held in her home state of Louisiana. Oxford is what, from Baton Rouge, five hours or so? Five, five hours on the money. We had like 150 kids come from Oxford for a funeral. I don't remember if it was 14 or 15 different girls that came up to me and kind of put their arms around me and said, Laura was my best friend. <laughs> she had 15 girls that considered Laura to be their best friend. How do you do that? I tell you what, that funeral was something else. It was at First Presbyterian Church, and this church will seat about 1,200 people. Over 2,000 people came to that funeral. Three people spoke, and Phyllis was one. And Phyllis was one of her teachers in Baton Rouge. So during that service, when we started it, it was really overcast, and it was really dreary. And right when Phyllis started her sermon about talk about Laura, the sun came through the windows, and it just lit up the whole thing. It was sort of striking how that happened. And everybody showed up. And the letters that we got for days and months and years after she died of people who were affected by her, they're still coming in. It's a, it's a, it's a very powerful thing. One of the letters came from James, the paramedic on duty the night of Laura's wreck. Years later, he felt the urge to contact David to tell him about the last moments he was able to spend with Laura and the regrets he had. Here's James to read the letter. Hello, David. This is hard for me. My name is James Pritchard. I'm a retired captain at the Oxford Fire Department. On February 7, 2003, I had the privilege to sit in the car with Laura and say a prayer and make a promise to her that everything was going to be okay. I will never forgive myself for telling her that lie. And I will also never forget the look of comfort she had on her beautiful face as I prayed and told her that we were going to be finished in just one minute. I know just from the moment she and I shared, she is with our Lord, and she is much happier and healthier than anybody on this earth. I'm so sorry if I'm bringing up hurtful thoughts and memories. I just can't go any longer without trying to let you know that I truly try my best to save your beautiful little girl. Since that night, I've either thought about or seen Laura every time I laid my head down. But I thought it would either upset you or seem selfish to contact you. The past few years, my career has caught up with me, both mentally and physically. And I just wanted to ask you for your forgiveness for not keeping my promise to Laura. I'm in no way asking for pity. I just need to find peace somehow through this tragedy. After that night, I would pray with the people that I was trying to help, but I would never again promise anyone that I was going to make things okay or that they would be okay. I'm so sorry I couldn't do more, and I pray that you and your family 
I found peace, and I hope to find your forgiveness, and I thank you for your time. Today, James has come to terms with some of the regrets of his career, and the Trependals have reassured him that he didn't lie and that Laura really is okay. And the two words you never want to hear as a parent, she's gone. And my goodness, the letter we just heard. These are the stories we love to bring you. And you're just at the beginning. The remarkable and regrettably short life, the beautiful life of Laura Trependall and her families continues here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash 
OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. And we're back with Our American Stories and the story of Laura Trependahl. You're about to hear from another of the many people who were impacted by her life. Les Newsom was the minister of RUF, a university fellowship group at Laura's College, here in our small town of Oxford, Mississippi, about an hour south of Memphis. Laura tended to create the very community that she was seeking, but she kind of found a home in her friendships in RUF. The thing about Laura that was the most compelling to me was Laura was not unaware of the realities of life. In the days surrounding her death, I do think that there was a tendency from the community around us to turn her into sort of Saint Laura Drependal, which is perfectly natural because she was so delightful. But Laura, I always thought, would be so uncomfortable with it because she knew her own struggles. She knew that she was a flawed person, uh, struggles that she was willing to admit. And I always wanted that to at least be always said that what brought the richness of her character was not a natural-born, sunny disposition. Uh, that's what made her so delightful to be around. So yeah, we instantly connected, and she was involved in lots of our small groups and a lot of just great connections. People, as a matter of fact, uh, we were having RUF in the springtime on Thursday nights in 2003. On the evening of her passing, she had left RUF to attend a, a group of girls that were having discussion time. They would, after RUF, go to someone's house. They would play a board game together and just talk and share a lot of rich fellowship together. That was vital for Laura and central to who she was, and the fact that. It was what she was involved in, and the night of her death always meant a lot to me in thinking about it. I had actually gone to my own small group myself. Right around you know, 11.30 or midnight, we began to hear sirens from the house that I was at. Uh, she was on her way home from that gathering with those girls to her home to work on a paper. She actually told them, I've got to leave early because I've got to go work on a paper. I left my gathering probably around midnight, went home, and at that moment got a call from her boyfriend, Dallas, saying, Laura's in the hospital. She's been struck by a car. We don't know if she's going to make it. So I made it to the hospital around 12.30, maybe 1 o'clock in the morning, and there were already probably 50 college students gathered in the lobby of Baptist Hospital there. And somewhere around 1.30 or so, dean of students came out and announced that Laura had, had passed. I was immediately taken back to meet with Dallas. Um, we left the hospital together, and about 2 a.m. to about 5 a.m., all of Dallas's friends just descended on his home in the middle of the night because I knew their friend was, was hurting. And you could start to see the beginning formation of a community that would rally around a great tragedy, but produce this, this amazing fruit of bonded, connected relationships that exist to this day, texting each other on you know that February evening. And I, th I think that David would definitely say that Dallas became a part of their family. Uh, as a matter of fact, when Dallas got married many, many years later, they were at the wedding celebrating along with Dallas and his new wife, Christine. So it was just amazing to see how God sort of worked through Laura's life. She was infectious with grace, and it continued to manifest itself even after her death. In the days after her death, they, had, they were compiling photographs, and someone had taken a picture of Laura in a field, just typical Laura. They had arrived at this field because she just thought it was beautiful. And she thought, you know what? That's a field that we just need to run across. So they had pulled the car over and pulled their camera and snapped a quick photo as Laura is starting to run up into the field. So it's, the picture is of this large field and she's on the right of the photograph running up the hill. And after she passed, that photo became the one that everybody sort of clung to because everybody kept looking at it saying, you know, it just looks like she's going somewhere. And we knew exactly where she was going. It was very inspirational, so much so that there were a couple of ladies that actually did paintings of that photograph that I kept because they always reminded me of Laura's home going. The day after Laura's passing, Les and Laura's boyfriend Dallas 
rode together to St. Francisville, Louisiana, where her parents, David and Coco, were having a wake at their home. Before we left for St. Francisville, Dallas and I went to her house. As soon as I walked into her room, there's that immediate heartbreak of seeing a place that used to be occupied and isn't anymore, and it just, it all looks wrong and unnerving. But I immediately also noticed that she had painted all over the walls. The first thing I saw on the left-hand side, I, I can still put myself there, on the top of the closet was, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. It was the first thing I saw when I went into her bedroom, and it was just, that was Laura's identity, so much so that she couldn't even live in a room without it being plastered on the walls. And I actually got to preach on that very passage at her funeral some days later, which was a big honor for me. It was one of those evenings where you're up into the night trying to put together whatever I was going to do. And what in the world do you say in the midst of this kind of tragedy? But it was her guidance that got me through that because she was the one who had provided the scripture passage and the theme of her life. And she got a chance to stand up and tell people that it was well with Laura's soul. And there's a lot of joy in that. Les remembers being there with the Trependals at the sentencing for Greg, the young man who struck Laura. Again, I can place myself in that courtroom. I do think Greg came in with an attendant amount of fear and anxiety. But people began to stand up and read letters, and the judge even talked about how many letters they had received. And he ended by saying, and I was most astounded by the letter that I received from the young lady's parents saying that they had forgiven Greg completely and did not hold any grudges against him. Here's David to read the letter that his family wrote to the judge on October the 21st, 2003, about a week before Greg's sentencing. Your Honor, we appreciate the opportunity to convey our sentiments to you regarding the sentencing of Greg Gibbs. We are Christians. Forgiveness is an integral part of our Christian faith. We have asked Christ and he has enabled us to fully forgive Greg Gibbs and the other young men involved in this tragedy. Therefore, from our own personal perspective, we have no need, nor will we gain any satisfaction from seeing Greg Gibbs further punished. We recognize, however, that much more is involved here than our own personal well-being. A felony has been committed. The life of a beautiful, innocent young woman has been lost. And this state, through the office of your court, is responsible for taking the wisest possible action to minimize the chances of similar tragedies reoccurring. You have been entrusted with an awesome responsibility. We pray that God will guide you and give you his wisdom as you decide the appropriate sentence for Greg Gibbs. Sincerely yours, the Trependals. There's not a whole lot of experiences that I've had that come really anywhere close to the impact that that experience had on me. Dallas actually grabbed me by the hand and said, they want me to come back and meet with Greg. Would you come with me? So the three of us went back with all the lawyers in the room. And I can see this to this day. Greg came and sat down, ashen, just gray-faced, terrified at what he was about to hear. And Dallas reached across the table and grabbed Greg's hands. And he said, there is zero animosity that I have towards you. So if there's any fear in your mind that you might feel that, it's gone. It's not in me. And it's only because of the grace of Christ. So when the judge came in and announced that, that they had forgiven him, it was a powerful moment. The whole room was in tears. There was such a wellspring of undeserved favor. And it was beautiful. And I think marked one of the reasons why Greg went on and did well afterwards. Laura wouldn't have had it any other way. And what a remarkable piece of storytelling. Laura was infectious with grace. I keep picturing her stopping with some friends, seeing that field, and then that picture. I see it in my head. I see her in my head, and I know you do too. You want to talk about infectious grace. Showing up pre-sentencing from a family that could teach all of us a whole lot. How to let go, how to forgive, how to live with grace and mercy, Christian or not. Uh, this is the answer. And notice the careful calibration of that beautiful letter. If only we could all, all write a letter like that after losing a loved one. When we come back, well, one of the most beautiful stories already, and it's not over, that we've told here on this show. The story continues here on Our American Stories.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we return to Our American Stories and to Laura Trependall's story. Here's Madison to take it home. Many people wonder how the Trependals chose to forgive the driver who hit Laura. It was no effort to do that. We just weren't angry at Greg Gibbs. We were sad, but it's like I felt so sorry for him because of what this had done to his life. I mean, he recognized that he had a problem. And so we couldn't have ginned up anger if we'd have tried. We were sad. Right. We missed Laura. Right before the trial, we met with Greg and his parents and his attorney. The person who was most affected was the attorney. <laughs> he started weeping. He says, this doesn't happen. <laughs> it's like, this, this just doesn't, nobody's ever felt. I said, look, we're not mad at Greg. 
anybody who carries around all this bitterness is just stupid. Well, it'll put an attorney out of a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're used to the anger. <laughs> There's nothing to be gained by carrying around bitterness and vengeance. Right. It just eats your guts out. And knowing that the perpetrator for Laura's death is suffering does not benefit our family in any way. Yeah, we didn't want to lose two people. Right. The idea of Greg sitting in jail for a long time would actually make us less happy. The level of guilt and regret that we knew Greg was facing was enough. We wanted to move on. We all wanted to heal from it. We wanted him to heal from it. When you go through a bit of trauma, you can either isolate or you can draw near to those that you're with. And we drew near. So what we did, one of Laura's favorite restaurants was Old Taylor Grocery. It was like two months later. Right. We said, we're going to have a celebration of Laura's life, and we're going to invite some of her friends to come and tell Laura stories. And the deal is, no sad stories. It all has to be funny. Often you have a funeral, and it's very sad, and then that's it. But this was an unconventional way of, of doing things. Yeah. So the restaurant would hold like 220 people. And so we said, well, we'll let the whole thing out, but my gosh, we're not going to 220 people. It ended up who's in and who's out. Like standing room, <laughs> only one in, one out. I mean, it was like everybody wanted to come. And we invited the guys who were in the Tahoe, and five of them came. And I got to say... In the whole process, that was the most cathartic experience of all. There were so many people that came and told crazy Laura stories. Things that we'd never heard. I mean, stuff about painting her fingernails green and, and doing races through Walmart and shopping carts with them pushing it through. It, I mean, all this kind of stuff was like... It was really good. And I think something that our family did was we we grieved well. We embraced Laura. We didn't put her pictures away. We didn't try to forget. We wanted like all of it. We wanted to hear every story. And while those stories are kind of sometimes painful to hear, it's part of the grieving process. I probably released more tears over that two hour period than any other period. And they were joyful tears. So when people would get up and tell a story that was really fun, I would laugh till I cried and I would cry and I would cry. It was just, it was such a relief. Laura journaled extensively throughout her life from the time she was 14 years old. We have all of her journals. What was so phenomenal is to watch her in her journals spiritually mature where at some point she's, she's got all these worries and concerns and things like this. But by this time, I mean, she's not worried about anything. It's almost like she knew she was. It's like she knew. It's a, it's a scary thing of thinking about living forever. And that was something she wrestled with for a while. And in the last few months of her life, she achieved a tremendous amount of peace in that category. One day, Laura was riding in the car with her mother, Coco. They were on their way to her college door. About halfway along the drive, Laura just burst out crying, just uncontrollable sobbing. And Coco pulls over inside the road and says, Laura, what? What are you crying about? And she says, I think heaven's going to be boring. <laughs> I love life so much the way it is. I can't imagine that life after death is going to be better than this. I don't want to be bored. I don't want to die. I don't want to be up there with the angels and the clouds and the harps and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> she really thought about those types of things. And so in her last few months, she had a different perspective and she was ready to go. She was ready. I mean, if you just read what she wrote, it just talks about how there really is a happily ever after and everything does, kind of like an everything does work out no matter what. And so she wrote this in her journal which, last journal which was about a week before she died. One of my best friends, about 15 years ago, looked at me and he says, David, I want what you have. 
I just don't want to pay the price you paid to have it. Having gone through this experience, there were huge silver linings. Rob and his two sisters weren't particularly close before. They're soulmates, they're best friends. Our whole family drew near and that nearness has never left. It's been 18 years. We needed each other and that has not changed since February 7th. For me, I always had these night fears as a kid. I was very afraid that someone was coming into the house. These fears that someone was gonna come and kill me or my family, I don't know. I had this level of anxiety at night as a kid. So, Start so he got his little sister to sleep in his room so they would get her no first before him. No joke, put her by the window. <laughs> So, but Sophie, she's my sacrificial lamb. I'm seven, I'm eight years old, she's three years younger. And I'm like, well, they'll get her first. If Sophie's not in the room, I'm sleeping on the floor in my parents' room, my, my sister's rooms. I went to counseling for this. It carried with me, this is embarrassing, all the way into high school. I had this fear, this anxiety, something was coming and it ended the night Laura died. After that, I slept in peace and I never thought about it at all. It was an overnight. What I realized later, as I kind of put the pieces together, was what I feared the most, something terrible happened to my family, happened. And I was okay. The way that this experience affected us in the long term was a life filled with more meaning, more purpose, and way less fear. You need these things to make you who you're uh -huh. going to be. Don't waste them when they come, because they're going to come. If you let them embitter you, you have missed the opportunity that they offer to you which is to grow up and to trust. And to come out of them, to be a person who doesn't have fear anymore. Being freed from fear is the biggest gift that you can receive from a challenge like this. You don't get through this thing carrying a bunch of anger and vengeance and bitterness. It'll never leave you. I mean, you wanna get through life? You wanna have quality of life? Don't carry all this bitterness stuff. So we didn't do anything Herculean or wonderful. It was just this universal thing where we felt sorry for Greg. We felt bad for Greg. And we later helped with him getting a pardon. Right. It's like we don't want to continue the cycle of pain. Right. Let's do what little bit that we can to not add more pain to the situation. You go through something like this. And then you look and your children are soulmates and you and your wife are close. I mean, the little stuff just doesn't bother me. It's, it's irrelevant. I can go through this. It's a ticket out of the rat race if you allow it to be. A hundred percent. And a special thanks to the Trependahl family for telling this story, this beautiful story and to Les Newsom, and to Madison for putting the piece together. Madison herself is a product of Ole Miss and lives here in Oxford. It took no effort at all, the dad said, about how they managed to forgive Greg. We couldn't have ginned up anger if we tried. We were sad. We, we missed Laura. We're just not mad at Greg. And when he talked about that party he threw and he invited the five guys in the Tahoe that took her life. And then, as he said, I shed more tears during that dinner, joyful tears, than I had in the entire time before, and that it was such a relief. Moreover, what the son said, that we had to grieve, and we grieved well. The story of Laura Trependall and her family, a story of grace, forgiveness, and love, here on Our American Stories. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.